welcome to Bougie Black Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Montoya McGowan, and this is where you, um, where this is a place for black licensed clinicians in the mental health field learn to be authentic, um, vulnerable, transparent, competent therapists or clinicians while they are in private practice. I have a guest today, and I'm so excited. Introduce yourself. I'm Annie Warren, and I'm one of the bougie black therapists <laughs> in the uh, south, uh, east, southwest. Mm-hmm. Okay, and my business is Renewing the Mind Counseling Services. Okay. Private pra- practice, of course. Yeah. So, me and Annie, we used to work together at. I think I told people in my previous episode that my dream job was to work at the VA. Yes, so was mine. The VA hospital. Yes. And then I started listening to podcasts while I was studying for the LCSW. And some of the podcasts I came across started to tell me about how I could be in private practice. And I had never considered private practice. Um, And then I didn't realize that I could be my own boss. I could do what I want to do, how I want to do it. And I could be in charge of me. So my dream changed from working for someone else to learning how to work for myself. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as I said, I am in private practice. I'm an LCSW. I used to work with the VA as well. It was my dream job. I think that's every therapist in this area, dream job for some reason. Because of the pay. Well, the pay is good, but because... I'm a veteran. I felt like I would do a really good job mm-hmm. at the hospital because I used to get my care there. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give the people like me the best care that they could get because I know what it felt like from both sides, from being a, the a person needing the care and the person providing the care. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I could really do a good job with that. And, of course, the pay didn't hurt at all. Mm -hmm. Didn't hurt at all. Mm -hmm. Okay, but after I worked there for a while and I found out what I I needed to do to get my credentials to be in private practice, I started being more serious about wanting private practice. Mm -hmm. Even after I got the credentials, I procrastinated for about two years. And then this very nice person encouraged me to go ahead and go into business. I procrastinated a little bit more. Then when I got that first phone call for a client calling me, mm-hmm. saying that they needed help, I took off running. Mm-hmm. I was off and running from that point on. And I love being in private practice. Yeah. I uh, retired from the VA, okay, um, which gave me some... Sure income, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of income, but it was sure income. Okay, and that gave me the courage to go ahead and step out to go into private practice because no one want to work for themselves and not get paid. Right. Okay, so uh, that first client called me, and as I said, I, I was I was on on the ground running with my boots on, mm-hmm. getting getting it done, and then I found out that I can set my own policy. That is so wonderful right. about being in private practice. Because, you know, when you're working for someone else, they make the policy. Right. And you're required to go by their policy mm-hmm. or not work there. Right. For me, I love the people that I talk with for therapy. I create my policy around them and the care that they need. Not around what I need. Hmm. I love what I do, so I don't consider what I do work. Hmm. Because I believe that if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. Right. You're getting paid to do what you truly love. Right. So I would encourage anyone who's licensed to provide therapy and have that desire. That's another thing. Right. You need to have the desire to do therapy. Everybody with the credentials is not cut out mm-hmm. to be a therapist. Right. You have to have compassion for people. You have to have an understanding about people with problems. 
one of the things that, that helped me to, to form my policy around the people that I, I serve and I do consider it a service mm-hmm. is that when they come to me, they come broken. Mm. And these are adults. I work mainly with, I don't work with children at all. Yeah, me either. Okay, so when I get a call from an adult, a broken adult who needs help, I, that's a cry for help mm. because I don't know any adult who will willingly admit that they are not in control of their lives yeah, or that they have a problem that they cannot solve being grown people. Right. So when they come to me, I set my policy to fit them as long as I'm being ethical about it. Mm-hmm. Our job is to do no harm. Right. And when I set my policy, I'm making sure what I decide to do with my clients is not going to harm them in any way. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the things that you said was um, when you worked at the VA, because you're a veteran, you could relate, you know, to the veterans both ways, mm-hmm. being, you know, uh, a patient at the hospital and also being uh, an employee. Yes. So one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is because out of um, the number of licensed clinicians in the U.S., only 5% are black. Mm. Out of 100%, like 10 times 10 is 100, right? Mm -hmm. Only 10, no, not 10, only 5 are black. Okay. And so... We want to increase that number so that more people can have the emotional and spiritual transformations that we are allowed to be a part of um, just everywhere. Mm -hmm. And in a couple of groups on social media, some of the people that I have come across think that they have to work for somebody else first before Mm -hmm. they're able to start out on their own. Mm -hmm. And so... When you said that, you know, veterans could relate to you, I'm a veteran also, and when I worked at the VA, it it instantly gave us this connection when they found out that you were a veteran. And the language that we were able to use helped the connection be, like, quickly and on a deeper level. Did you experience that too? Yes, I did. And so my hope is that when people get the courage to go see a black therapist and they're black, that that same kind of connection happens. Well, you know what? That same kind of connection does happen. Okay. Okay, so let me explain how my, my what my clientele was like when I first started. When I first started, all of my clients were Caucasians. Mm-hmm. And I used to wonder, why are they choosing me? You know, so I had to talk to myself. You know, we have to do positive self-talk yeah. as well. And to yourself us, said. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I said, they're choosing me because I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. And because when they read my profile, they see what I have done, mm-hmm. and they like what they see. Right. Okay, then my clientele started to change. I st- It started, it got to half and half. Mm-hmm. Half Caucasian, and the other half was African-American, I was so happy mm-hmm. when I started seeing people who look like me choose me to come to me for me to help them with their problems. Right. And one of the things that I do when I get a call from someone who looks like me who wants to get help is I commend them for coming to get the help. Mm-hmm. And I explain to them how uh Part of the problem that you want to work on is already solved because you decided to come and get the help. Because we normally, as African-Americans, don't do. Oh, we do now, but overall, Mm -hmm. we don't. We have been groomed to have the mentality to uh, keep all your problems in the house. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is pray about it. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, everything will work out okay. Okay, I agree that a lot of things that said or done in your home is your own personal business. Right. And it should not leave your house if you are able to function. Right. If there's not a dysfunction 
with the people that with yourself, mm-hmm. first of all, and with the people that you're in relationship with, mother, father, sister, brother, relatives. Right. Also with and then that um that group of people that you need to consider would be the people that you work with as well. Mm-hmm. If the things that you are keeping in the house does not cause you to operate at a, at a dysfunction in those other areas, mm-hmm. then keep it in the house. Mm-hmm. But if it does cause a problem, such as you're not being able to be comfortable with yourself, then if you're not comfortable with yourself, you're not comfortable with other people either. Right. And you will do a better job in the workforce if you're comfortable with yourself. But if, you, if you're not, then you're going to be working at a deficit. Right. So all of that being said, I think it's very important for we as people of color mm-hmm. to seek out a different mindset. Mm. See, that's why I named my business Renewing the Mind. Mm. Because we have to think about what we've been thinking. Right. And look at things from a different point of view. Yes. I truly believe in God. I truly believe that he answers prayers. Right. But sometimes the answer to our prayers is sitting across the desk from us. Right. And we need to consider those people that the God that you believe in gave the knowledge and the compassion to help you through something. Sometimes your prayer is already answered Mm -hmm. by the person that's sitting in front of you. That's a great way of thinking about mm-hmm. it. Plus, uh, God made us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> God made therapists. That's There's right. another thing, uh, another phrase in the Bible that I that sticks out to me a lot, and I have had to use it for myself. Lean not unto your own understanding. Exactly. You know, you spend a lot of time with your own personal thoughts, and you ruminate on those thoughts. And you don't find ways of getting outside of them. And being able to come to therapy to learn about yourself, to learn about how to be in relationship with yourself to where you like being with yourself Mm -hmm. um, and not having to babysit anybody else's feelings. Because how I feel about me may affect how my mom feels Mm -hmm. if I let her know or how my dad feels. Um, And so having a safe, confidential space where I can just be me, lay it all out, and help somebody either have me break some pieces off and put some pieces together for me so that I can continue to live in God's will. Um, So, yeah, I'm so – that makes me so happy, yes. (laughs) So um, who's your – what's your favorite kind of client? My favorite kind of clients are couples. Okay. I love working with couples. I love hearing you talk about couples because <laughs> you just get so excited and so happy and like so inquisitive and curious about ways to help them help themselves. Mm-hmm. I just love hearing you talk about it. Well, I do like working with um, individuals as well, mm-hmm. but working with couples just gives me a joy. I'm one who believes that if there are two sane individuals who want to be in a relationship, it can happen. Yeah. It is not impossible. Matter of fact, it is very possible mm-hmm. that they, they can do it and they can do it and be happy. Mm-hmm. I believe that the couples who come to me, and I've had evidence of it, is that if they will let me help them, Mm -hmm. if they are willing to do the work, it's going to take both of them, they can have a little piece of heaven on earth. Mm. I advertise that. Yeah. And it is not false advertising. And it's hard work. It is hard work. And and, and because it's hard work, sometimes people don't want to finish. But of the ones who decided that they didn't want to finish who came to me, mm-hmm. guess what? They always come back. Mm. <laughs> it's because, and that's another thing, too, that I um, try to help my clients to understand, that coming to couples therapy 
it's hard. Yeah. I tell them from the beginning, when they sit before me, they're smiling. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, I said, oh, y'all look so good together. You're just smiling. But don't be surprised if the smiling stops because it's some hard work that's going to have to be done. Right. Okay. And um, I'm a um, non-judgmental therapist. Mm -hmm. This is a safe place for you. To say anything you want to say, especially to your partner, mm -hmm. and we're going to do this with respect towards each other. Mm -hmm. And if it did not get hard, you didn't get help. Mm. That's what I tell them. Because if you, did, if you was happy when you came, then you shouldn't have came. If that you, makes complete sense. Yes. If it didn't get hard, you didn't get help. Right. Because you didn't get to you didn't get to the core of what the issues were and be willing to do the hard work to get past it. That's exactly exactly. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I love working with couples. The thing I love working with couples about is the fact that they decided to come and work on themselves together with somebody else because you feel very exposed to the other person and mm -hmm. also to somebody else in the room yes but it's magical when you see they have light bulbs and you can see like their mannerisms start to change they get a little bit more comfortable when they're coming into session mm -hmm. and they're ready to work by the second, third, fourth session. Mm -hmm. Well, usually by that third session, that's when I really see the effort being put in yeah. by the clients. Right. I also make, help them to understand that I'm just a guide. Yeah. You have to do the work, and I can't live with you. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to work when you leave. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the ones who, who um, fall in love again, and they do fall in love again. Yeah. They do the work. Yeah. And they're glad they came. Mm, that is wonderful. And they refer other people to me. Mm -hmm. I got a referral today from somebody. And um, that was the next question I was going to ask you. So I someone told me about somebody they knew, I think, on YouTube or something. Uh, so the guy was going to a therapist and the woman, the wife was going to a therapist but they decided they wanted to do couples therapy. Mm -hmm. So they go to a woman for couples therapy and to a guy for couples therapy because they wanted to make sure that neither one of them were biased. And so one of the uh, referrals that I got today, she said that another couple referred her to me because um, she's not going to choose sides and she's not going to make, you know, the woman feel like she's on her side or the guy feel like he's on his side. Cause I know that there are some myths where couples will think that the man will side with the man mm -hmm. and the woman will side with the woman. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I don't think that any therapist that's worth his or her salt is going to side with anybody mm -hmm. because our job as therapists is to help that couple to see who they are in that relationship, change what they need to change in that relationship, and that means change on both parts, mm -hmm. the, the male and the female. Right. And in order to have that smooth relationship, to have that little piece of heaven on earth, but you, you cannot take sides. I mean, right. I know the clients may not understand that, but when I'm introducing myself to them in that first session, I make sure that they understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm not on anybody's side. Mm -hmm. I look them both in the face one at a time. In her face, I say, I'm not on your side. In his face, I say, I'm not on your side. I say, I tell them, my client is the marriage. Yes. Not either one of you. Right. And I'm going to do what's best for the marriage. Are y'all willing to do that? Yes. Okay. And that's, yeah. that's the way I handle them. I do the same thing. I tell them that my client, either though, even though both of you are here as individuals, my client, uh, the best interest is in the relationship that you presented here. And so my client is a relationship. And so whoever needs to do whatever kind of work, then that's just the work that needs to be done. It's not that but because you're being singled out or that I'm choosing sides. 
Hey, and I also give my clients permission to be upset with me, mm-hmm. especially the males. Mm-hmm. I tell them, I know you think that I'm picking on you, but I promise you I'm not. Mm-hmm. If I don't point out what I see and help you to correct it, I would have done you an injustice. Right. And uh, I, I also help him to see that, don't worry, her turn is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she has to She has to hear about herself. Yes. You know, because if you don't look at yourself and don't understand how to present yourself to your partner, mm-hmm. the problem is not going to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how has your uh, journey as a clinician been affected by who you are as a woman and as a person? Like, how have the two meshed together? Well, they're they're really joined. I, I can't see myself not being a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, me as a woman, I see different issues that go along that go, that happens in relationships, and it helps me to look at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not presently in a relationship, if I can say that. But it's but but it's okay, right? Because it cause it dealing with my clients help me to see myself through them, mm-hmm. and. If there are issues that I see in a female that I'm doing uh, sessions with, mm-hmm. I look at myself and say, do I have that issue? Mm-hmm. Do I need to do what I have asked her to do? Mm-hmm. Also, when I'm uh, looking at the males that's in the couple's uh, sessions, I, when I look at the people who has an interest in me, the men that have an interest in me, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, does he have that issue? And if he does, do I want to deal with that? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, my eyes are being opened. My mind is being broadened. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm having to look at the world, the world, through a whole new light. Right. From working with other people and seeing that there are so many different kinds of people, so many different kinds of personalities, mm-hmm. so many different kinds of issues in the world. Mm-hmm. And we as therapists can help them. With all of those issues, we can do that. Right. But we also take what we learn from our clients and to help ourselves. Right. Right. And clients to help other clients. Because I'll be like, oh, girl, let me tell you what another client did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or let me tell you, give you some examples of things that other people have done to help provide proof that, unfortunately, this is not a problem that is just for you like it's the common thing right but people don't realize that until they start to talk and actually have conversations that there's nothing new under the sun exactly nothing new no thought no conversation none of them are new or specific just to you exactly I had a client that were wondering how they were doing as far as sessions were concerned. And I'm honest with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I told that, that couple, I was kind of worried about you all one while, but you're doing really well. Mm-hmm. And the man said, well, if you think we bad, wait till you see some friends of ours. We're going to send them to you. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what he did? They came. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, the the best um, gift that somebody can give you is a referral. Well, I get lots of gifts. Yeah, it's a, it's a referral. And you don't really have to do a whole lot of advertising if you yourself, because we are the product. Mm-hmm. And if we put ourselves out there and we do a good job at helping to transform people's lives, mm-hmm. they will refer you. And I have definitely been experiencing that. Mm-hmm. And it is a joy. Every time that I get a call from a client and this, this said that this person said that uh, you were their therapist and they said that if it can be fixed, you can fix it. Mm. And if you can't fix it, it can't be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I said, well, I, well, thank you. Of course, I don't confirm or deny anybody. Right. 
uh, that I see. Mm-hmm. If, if someone refers me, I'm glad they referred me, but I don't confirm yeah. that I did therapy with whoever. Right. Because it's their prerogative right. to uh, tell that. Right. I keep confidentiality. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, it's been going well that way. Um, what are the instances where you're not able to keep confidentiality? I make sure the clients understand before we get into it that if there is an issue where someone is going to harm somebody or themselves, I can't keep confidentiality. And I let them know up front, mm-hmm. I cannot keep that because mm-hmm. I'm a mandatory reporter. I have to report them. Mm-hmm. I also inform them that if one of you decide to go to court and sue the other and a judge subpoena my records, mm-hmm. I have to give them. Mm-hmm. Other than that, everything is completely and total confidential. Mm-hmm. I also tell them, too, so they'll be comfortable because, you know, when you're doing counseling with people, they look at you as though you're their friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that we can't be friends with our clients. Right. So I make sure that they understand that if we, and this happened to me, too, mm-hmm. that when, if I run into you in the grocery store or Walmart or whatever, I'm not going to acknowledge you. And I'm not going to acknowledge you not because I'm ignoring you. It's because if someone, if I speak to you, say, hey, girl, how you doing? How everything going? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody around you or somebody that you're with may say, how do you know her? Mm-hmm. They don't need to know that I even know you mm-hmm. unless you tell them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not going to acknowledge you. If I see you out in public. But if they acknowledge you first, then you will. Yes, I will. Because I had a client, and she did very well. I mean, when we terminated from therapy, she was doing really well. Mm -hmm. I ran into her in Kroger. She ran up and hugged me. (laughs) I was looking all around like, I hope this is okay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But it was good. She, She initiated it. Right. So... I um uh, that made me feel really good. That's good. You know, I know that I'm qualified to do what I do. I have the credentials. Mm-hmm. And but it's also rewarding to know that when I do what I do with the qualifications that I have that the people that I'm serving are happy with my work. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see when I have people who who approach me in public. Yeah. So I have a friend, he um feels like sometimes he should have an agenda for clients that come in to see him. How do you structure your sessions? When they call me, I give them a 15-minute free phone consultation. Mm -hmm. In doing that consultation, I ask them why do they feel like they need a therapist. And then when they tell me that, I ask them how do they expect for me to help them. And when they tell me what they want out of therapy, mm-hmm. I then structure what's going to happen once the therapy gets started from what they tell me they need. Got it. Okay. 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 A lot of mine, I just go off the cuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do um, do like a treatment plan with them in some way where it doesn't really feel like I'm doing a treatment plan, mm-hmm. but it is pretty much, you know, what's going on in your life right now, um, what's going well, what do you want, what do you not want. Um, and we do a lot of feeling and emotion work. Mm-hmm. The feelings and emotions that you're experiencing um, versus the ones that you want to experience that you're not experiencing and how do we get there. Mm-hmm. And so um, I usually just let my clients decide on, you know, the di- the direction of the sessions that we have. Mm-hmm. And I do structure it based on the needs that they have expressed to me. Um, but you are you able to just, like, let the sessions flow? Yes, I do let the sessions flow. When uh, we have our first session, of course, they've already disclosed to me what they feel like they need to work on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they really don't know. So when we get started... We start to talk about what they feel like they want to work on, and I see other things pop up. Mm -hmm. And when those things pop up, I address those things with them 
to see whether or not they want to go further with what I saw mm -hmm. pop up during the session. Mm -hmm. So the sessions are not always directly what they said they wanted. Right. Uh, we as clinicians, we are qualified and we have the experience to listen to people and see what they're saying and un understand what kind of problem they could be having mm -hmm. about what they're saying when they may not even realize that's a problem. Right. And an example of this is that I had uh, one client who, she's, she's married, but she said that she just wanted to work on herself. And then once she worked on herself a while and things go okay with that, then she want to come back for marriage counseling. I said, okay, we'll do it the way you want to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, but then she said something to me that she said to her husband. So I said, hold up, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about how you talk to him. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so we discussed how she talked to him, and she said, I didn't realize I was talking to him that way. I said, well, yeah, you were talking to him that way, if you said it the way you said it to me. She said, well, how do you think... I should have said it. I told her that sometimes saying nothing is the best thing to say. When you're talking to someone, when someone is expressing their hopes and their desires to you, that's not the time to dispute what they say. Mm -hmm. It's not a time to criticize what they have in mind. Right. Because, because we don't know the future, we have to see how things play out. So sometimes saying nothing is the best thing to say mm -hmm. and be supportive if what he has planned doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. And the next session we had, she thanked me for that advice. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's one of the best compliments you've gotten from a client or a couple? The best compliment... Uh, Oh, I've gotten lots of compliments. Ooh. Let's see what the best one was. Or a couple of them. <laughs> uh, the best compliment I believe that I got from a couple was that I know when it's time to to have a session with Miss Annie, it's time to get down to business because she don't play. <laughs> so I knew she was a good therapist because she don't play. <laughs> so you hold them accountable. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do not uh, uh, promote people talking over other people in sessions. And I, and I run into that a lot in counseling. I think it, it stems from one feeling like they're not going to be heard mm. and they want to get their point across. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so I set those ground rules that you don't talk until she finish mm -hmm. and tell her the same goes for you. You don't have to agree with each with what each other says. The important thing is know is to know what each other is thinking. Mm -hmm. You won't know that until they finish speaking. Right. So they raised their hand. Can I talk now? <laughs> <laughs> I say, yes, your turn. It's your turn. Are you finished, sir? Yes, ma'am. Well, it's your turn. You can go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Because we need to, sometimes we don't know how to communicate. Right. No, we haven't really been taught, and we're just doing trial and error with everything. Mm. So having somebody help us learn how to practice those things mm -hmm. can also help us learn how to not even just communicate better with others, but also feel understood in other conversations. Yes. Because you get a chance to say what you need to say. Exactly. And how you need to say it. Yes, exactly. Mm. So, um, how do you know when you're working too much? When I'm working too much with one client or just Just overall? in general, just overall. I know I'm working too much when I hope my client don't meet with me. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I have a client schedule, I look at the clock and say, Two more hours, and I got this session. Ooh, I hope they cancel. Uh -huh. <laughs> I know it's time for me to take a break. It's time okay. for me to do some me time, mm -hmm. to do some self-care. Mm -hmm. I know that I have to take care of myself Yeah, if I'm going to do a good job with my clients. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
I know also, too, by you saying that when a client calls and says that they not going to be able to make it, I'll be like, all righty. Uh-huh. No worries. <laughs> I always have a backup plan. Uh-huh. Um, I know in a couple of groups, I've seen people who get discouraged when ki- when clients cancel or have to reschedule. What advice do you have to them? I say that don't don't take that personal. Mm-hmm. Don't get discouraged from that. Because you never really know why they're canceling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what the reason that they tell you that they're canceling, if they notify you, the reason that they tell you that they're cancel- canceling is exactly why they're canceling. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes things are getting heavy, mm-hmm. getting deep mm-hmm. in sessions, and they want to run. Right. And they decide that, well, I'm, I don't want to. Uh, Miss Anna gonna beat me up today. I don't feel like doing no work, and I didn't today. do no homework, so I ain't, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't do her homework. Mm-hmm. So they will, and then I sometimes I will confront a client because I do. They're doing what I call running. Mm-hmm. They're running from me. Mm-hmm. Um, this one particular person, it, it, it might take this person three weeks to make it back to the next session, and I know that they want to come, right? Because I look and I have money. They send me, <laughs> they send me money. So <laughs> I guess I guess they think if I send her money, she got to take me back. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, I don't have to. Right. But I do take them back because I understand why they're doing what they're doing. Right. I don't take it personal, and these same people refer me to other people. Mm-hmm. So I know that they're doing it because we're getting deep. We're getting close to a breakthrough on something. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. Right. So I wouldn't be discouraged. Yeah. I have had clients who have gone three months. And I took them off my calendar. Mm-hmm. Of course, I take them off way before three months. Right. If you miss, for me, my policy, and I write my own policy. Because mm-hmm. you're the boss? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, if, I, if you miss... Three sessions without an explanation, I take you off my boots because mm-hmm. I don't want to be responsible for what happened to you because I haven't seen you. Okay. So I take you off my off my calendar, mm. and um, I let you know that you're no longer on my calendar. Mm. And this one particular person that I was talking about, I look and see I got money. <laughs> he sends me you money. You ain't on my calendar uh-huh. no more. <laughs> That's what I want to say. He's like, Miss Annie, take me. Uh, you got anything? Anything. I'll take anything. <laughs> Any kind of opening. You- mm-hmm. Okay, so I normally I would. I take them. Yeah. I take them back. And the reason that I take them back, it's not for the money. Trust me. Yeah. It is not for the money. It's because I know that this person understands that they need the help. Mm-hmm. They're uncomfortable with getting the help, but they haven't totally quit. Right. And I would want to see all of us, mm-hmm. people of color, mm-hmm. get a renewing of the mind mm-hmm. to start looking at things from a different perspective. Right. So that they can have a better life for themselves. Mm-hmm. They can know who they are, know what their, what their qualities are, know where they have room for growth, do that growth, and then their life is better. And the people who they are socialized with, whether it's family or work or whatever, they they flourish in those areas as well. Right. I had a, a a a lady that I was seeing. Now she was pretty good at um keeping her appointments and all that, but I would check in with her every now and then to see whether or not things are changing because I expect for things to change right. when they come to see us from the inside out. Right. I would uh, check with her and I would ask how are things going at home. And she said, oh, things are going okay. I said, so what, what do your husband think about you since you've been in counseling? Sometimes she said, sometimes he'll say, when is your next session? <laughs> I said, so he can see a difference in you. Like yes. He, she, said, he, she said, yes, he does see it. And I said, we're good. We're- I have folks whose family members pay for them to come to therapy. <laughs> He gave me some money to come to therapy, so I need to see when your next availability is. <laughs> it's like, I'm on his team. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more question. So what is your favorite or one of your favorite homework assignments? 
since most of the people that I I deal with are couples, I do have people who are not couples. Now mm-hmm. their homework assignments will be different. Right. But the the couples, the the homework assignment that I love to give to them is for them to go to go home and separately list five things that they would like to see done different or better. Mm-hmm. And then we would come back on the next session and we're going to discuss those things. Mm-hmm. And I explain to them why they're doing it. It's not just killing time. It's not just busy work. Mm-hmm. I tell them that this is to help you to see what's on each other's mind. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we have expectations of each other and we don't even know what the expectations are. Right. So uh, come back and, and, and we'll, we, we, we will discuss what you want to see done different or better. And if things are different, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Because you're two different people, it should be some differences. What we're going to learn how to do is to compromise. That's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Or if you can't agree, at least compromise. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually when they come back with the homework done from that session, that's when I find out really what's going on with that couple. Because mm. you're able to see what has been on each person's mind the heaviest. Yes. And what the other one is not saying to the other one. What yep. they're not saying to each other. Right. Sometimes, you know, um, there's a saying that this certain uh, radio personality started. I think he started. I don't know if I should call his name or not. I ain't going to call his name. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that, that this saying, um, happy wife, happy life. That's a myth. That is definitely a myth. Yes, that is not true. If you're doing everything to make her happy and you're not happy, where is this man getting his happiness from? And believe you me, he's going to get it. He deserves happiness. Exactly. But if he he's afraid to express himself or to let himself completely be known by his wife, mm-hmm. then he's not happy. If he can't do that, he's right. not happy. Right. So guess what? He going to go somewhere else and be happy. He going to supplement his happiness. Yes, he going to supplement it. That's what <laughs> <laughs> and so and that's what, that's what I tell my couples and I and I especially express that to my to my wives and right. my and, and my female significant others. Mm-hmm. That give him a chance to tell you what he like. Mm-hmm. Pay special attention to what he don't like. That's great mm-hmm. advice. Yes. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any um, suggestions or recommendations uh, for clinicians who are considering going into private practice or doing private practice for themselves, um, wanting to do couples therapy, which is therapy, period? Well, I suggest that if you want to do it, You need to speak with someone who's doing it Mm -hmm. so you can see what the business of the business is about. Right. Okay, you are already qualified to do the work. And if you are employed as a therapist or something like that, Mm -hmm. then you see what it's like to make other people some money. Right. So you can take those same skills and make yourself some money. And, and getting paid to do what you love, love to, to do. do exactly. So it's I advise you to step out. Don't just jump out there with. Don't just jump out there with with nothing to go on. Mm-hmm. Talk to people. I mean, there are people who are doing this. I'm doing it. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. There are others who are doing it. You can do it too. Step out there. Look for someone who's doing it and enjoy it. Join it. Find out what the ins and the outs of it is. Mm-hmm. And set your plan. Get started. Yeah. Yeah. It's not hard. It's, it's, it's excellent. It's excellent work mm-hmm. when you're the boss. It's excellent work. And when, you get to decide what your training is. Yes. You get to decide what you're working on to develop yourself in your business and other ways. You get to decide. I do know that some people have, like, decision paralysis because they have so many things to choose from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like you said, getting with somebody who's already doing it so they can help you navigate. Right. And one thing that I've learned 
since I've gone into private practice, I just wanted to help everybody. Mm-hmm. I, that, that was not anybody. That was not anybody. You can turn it off if you need to. That's an, um, it must be, what, 430? Mm-hmm. That's an alarm I got set. The alarm go off even if I turn the ringer off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, that, uh. Made me lose my train of thought. What um, um, the business part of it and getting with somebody who already does it. Yes. Your niche will find you. Right. That's what will happen. See, I didn't know when I first got started that mm-hmm. I was going to love couples therapy more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I like the other parts, too. Mm-hmm. The other parts are very, very necessary. You mm-hmm. have to deal with people individually in order to deal with them as couples. Right. But once they come together as couples, that that's the thing that that gives me that joy. Those are the people who seem to seek me out. Yes. Someone, this person that I like, called me the marriage whisperer. <laughs> Definitely. I definitely think that you are the marriage whisperer. But one of the reasons why I think so is because the things that you have shared with me personally in your personal life, Mm -hmm. um, the things that you have grown through as a woman and as a wife Mm -hmm. has helped me in a lot of ways consider and see things um, from different perspectives. And so I can only imagine how helpful it is in a therapy session because you can see stuff that other people can't see it. And you can help them come to their own conclusions by being a guide for them. So, yeah, it's definitely a gift. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And it's, it comes so natural to me, so it, it must be a gift. It is. <laughs> it is. So hopefully we have said something that has helped um, something that will ignite a fire in you or even just couples who are interested or considering uh, going to therapy. And one of the things that COVID has given us um, in a positive way is it has made therapy more accessible because of virtual mm-hmm. sessions. And so we have been able to do virtual sessions um, almost as much as in-person sessions, if not more, because all of your sessions are virtual, right? Yes, they are. And the and the way that I got realized that I wanted to do strictly virtual sessions is because of COVID, I didn't use my office for a solid year. Mm-hmm. And I was just paying rent on the office. I love my office. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I and enjoyed seeing my clients there. But when COVID came, I wanted to be very careful. Mm-hmm. I didn't want couples or individuals coming in and leaving the virus there for someone else to catch. Right. I didn't want to catch it. Mm-hmm. And if I had it and didn't know it, I definitely didn't want to spread it. Right. So once I told my clients that we were, we were going to start start meeting virtually, they love it. Wow. I have couples who sit Indian style in their beds mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And while we, of course, no, I get professional. I put on my makeup and do my hair. Right. And, you know, I sit in my chair, got my background going, making it look good to them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> got that going for them. I stay professional. Right. But I let them do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I've had clients with rollers in their head, the big old fluffy house shoes on, sitting Indian style in the bed and mm-hmm. all that. They love it. They don't want to go back to the office. Yeah. They Because of the convenience. And, um... Out of all of the clients that I have, I've only had two that wanted to go back into the office. Mm. Okay. So. so your energy must be pretty uh, good, and your ability to be able to gauge body language must be really, really good if you're able to do it virtually and everybody feels comfortable. Yes, it's because whether they do it on a laptop or a phone, because they can do it either way. Mm-hmm. I have them to position the phone or the laptop or whatever they're using so that I can see both of them at the same time. Okay. The only thing that I don't see are their feet. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think that I need to see their feet to gauge what's going on. Right. You know, when one starts to cry, I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their own tissue there ready, you know, mm-hmm. saying when somebody's rolling their eyes and 
and, and upset about what's going on, I see that too. Right. When they lean back on, um, away from the, the phone or the laptop or whatever they're using because they're upset, you know, I invite them to come on back in the room. Okay. They come on back now. You, okay. are, are you leaving us? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and they come back. Yes, ma'am. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, this has really made me happy. I am positive that this conversation is going to help somebody. I truly hope it does, especially mm-hmm. other clinicians, because there is so much work yes. out here to be done. Yes. It is not a competition. No time. It is enough work for all of us. We can't do it all. Right. And there's so many of us, people of color, who are, who are coming to therapy now. Mm-hmm. And my experience has been is that they are more comfortable with uh with a therapist of color right because they feel like we understand and we do Mm -hmm. we do understand because we have that culture the same culture we have the same societal systematic things that's going on we're all affected by them right so they want to talk with somebody who um can where they can say anything they want to say and be okay and not Mm -hmm. be misunderstood right right yeah well thank you annie for coming I really, really appreciate it. Um, So that has been Bougie Black Therapist uh, episode, I think episode number three. And um, remember to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, you can find me, Montoya McGowan, at StoppingTheChase.com. I am a clinician, and I'm also a, uh, a coach for other therapists who are looking to start their own private practice. And, Ms. Annie, where can we find you? I'm Annie Warren with Renewing the Mind Counseling Services. You'll find me on Psychology Today. Mm-hmm. You'll also find me on Facebook. And I'm available. I have some openings. Yay. Call Miss Andy to get your relationships in order. And we will see y'all next time.